1: All right, we'll start with our friend Chris in the ATL. He's a frequent emailer, <clears throat> He says, um, as we approach the new year, here's my question. And he obviously sent this in before January 1st. Um, what should Nick Casario's number one New Year's resolution be for the Texans, specifically defining a resolution as a promise to do something differently in the new year? What should Nick Casario do differently this year, John?
2: He should hire, he should hire a new head coach. And he should make sure that that head coach has no ties to the Patriots. As as I said on Sports Radio 610, he's never changed planes in Logan Airport. He's never flown over Foxborough and make sure he gets the right guy.
1: That's a great one. That is a great one. Nick has said, we all, it feels like for New Year's resolutions, John, we all deprive ourselves of something. We give something up. You know, we do it at Lent sometimes, those of us who are religious, those types of things. This is a bigger-picture thing than Lent. This is a New Year's resolution. Yes, Nick Casario needs to give up Patriot-associated people and employing them for the Texans as his New Year's resolution. I like that. Chris also asked a bonus question, John. What was a New Year's resolution you two thought you could stick to and you blew it immediately? What's What's the quickest you've ever blown a New Year's resolution?
2: I've never made a New Year's resolution because I knew I would blow them. Mm-hmm.
1: The one that I made was um, the the one that I
0: made
1: was uh, was having a date night once a week with Amy where my phone didn't come into play at any point <laughs> during the I forget what year it was. It was pretty recently. It might have been when we got married. It might have been two years ago. Uh, or before we got married, we got married in February 2020. It's, it's the before last...
2: you got married. You don't do things like that once you get married.
1: Yeah, no, no, yeah. we Although I've become, it's funny. Amy and I were talking about that, and we were talking about New Year's resolutions because I, because um, Seth and I were talking about a few of them on our show, like some New Year's resolutions that I have, you know, about about social media and like trying to, you know, build some extra things outside of the show and outside of this podcast and whatnot. And Amy's like, did you have any, uh, do you have any new year's resolutions that have to do with, you know, being a husband or whatever? I said, I'm pretty comfortable with my body of work right now, eh? I think I've become <laughs> a better partner to you since we got married. And thankfully she agreed. She said, uh, I have gotten congratulations." Oh, Thanks, John. Sweet. I appreciate that very much. Um, I give credit to soda weight loss, com. Um, let's see. Let's get to another one here. Jeevan, our friend Jeevan. Should the Texans extend Laramie Tunsil or trade him? If the Texans chose to extend Tunsil, what steps can Nick Casario take to prevent a repeat of Watson and Cook's situations? Uh, And obviously both of the Watson situations over Cook's, who knows what happens with that. This is relevant, John, because the reports that Laramie Tunsil is trying to become the highest paid tackle in football last week.
2: Laramie Tunsil was the highest paid offensive lineman in history when he signed his last contract, you know, put the brakes on, you know your left tackle your run run blocking is average your pass protection was really good This season, I wouldn't extend him. He's got another year left on his contract. They could franchise him after that. I want to see how he plays when the team turns around. Now, when he came here right before the start of the 2019 season, he played really well and helped him go to the playoffs. But right now, you play great on this team, and it doesn't mean squats. So I certainly wouldn't be in a rush to do it. I'm more interested in spending that money on bringing in players from other teams because Tunsell's not going anywhere if you don't want him to.
1: Yeah, the other question that uh, Jeevan has is, if and I see this a lot, and I look, I'll, I'll let you react to it, John. But and I love Jeevan, but this, this, I don't know. If Texans decide to move on from Lovey Smith and hire a young offensive-minded coach, do you see a possibility of keeping Lovey around as a senior advisor like Romeo Cornell?
2: I don't see it. No, I don't yeah. think Lovey would be around. I think uh, if a new head coach was somebody like, say, D'Amico Ryan's. D'Amico's been a coordinator for two years. He's going to need uh, with him former head coaches now ha- uh, to to serve not just not, not like Romeo did, but actually be on the staff the way way Lovey was for David Cully. and uh, it might be on both sides of the ball. You have a former head coach, so uh, whether offense or defense, Lee, if it's a first timer, you need guys with experience.
1: Yep, um, this is an interesting one from Joe Q. Frequent emailer to the show or to the podcast. mailbag at gmail.com, by the way, if you want to email us. Um, he says this. Imagine if the NFL had the equivalent of an antitrust enforcement, whereby if you if a team wins five division titles in a row, it has to trade either its quarterback or its head coach. And the Chiefs are on the verge, or they've I believe they've clinched it. They've won the division five years in a row. If you're Clark Hunt, do you keep Andy Reid and trade Patrick Mahomes? And he says, I would say yes, but I'm guessing you are a, an NFW, which means no bleeping way on that. All right, that's those are interesting. And he gave me a few more hypotheticals. I'll bounce off you here, John. But
2: well, if they're legitimate, that wasn't even legitimate. Give me yeah. something legitimate.
1: Okay. You don't like that's hypotheticals. Ever,
2: no, because that's not ever going to happen. Give me something that could happen.
1: I think it's a way of asking who do you think is more important, the head coach or the quarterback in that relationship?
2: Well, the quarterback is, is most important in that relationship.
1: Yeah. All right, I'm not even going to read the other ones then, John. I'll just wait till Joe for Joe to email me and laugh about how you shot down his question.
2: Sorry, Joe.
1: <laughs> um, this is another one. I don't know what. I don't know why our listeners are so intent on keeping guys around that that are bad at their jobs <laughs> in some other capacity. This is, but I want. I like this email one because it's from outside the United States. I like that we have global listeners. Dan, uh, Dennis in Budapest. So we're big in Hungary, John. That's where Budapest is. Um, The Pep-Hamilton offense leaves a lot to be desired, although I'm curious how it would function with significantly more talent. But we're all excited. We were all excited prior to the season based on Pep's previous work with starting QBs like Andrew Luck and Justin Herbert and his work last year with Mills. With that said, is there any possibility at all of hiring a big shot or high upside OC and retaining slash demoting Pep to QB coach? Do you know
2: those are two cities? Budapest and Pest are two oh, really? separate cities, Yeah, separated by the Danube, I believe. I, I did uh, not no, know No, absolutely not. They would not consider keeping Pep Hamilton, who, yes, did a good job as a quarterback coach, and I think he'll be a quarterback coach the rest of his career.
1: Yep. Um, all right, Wale in Virginia, another frequent emailer to the, uh, to the podcast. Um, in my opinion, this is Wale saying this, not me, John. In my opinion, Lovey's done great with the talent provided for him and think he sh- I think he should be retained. Here's my rationale. He's got five bullet points, John. I'm going go to go these one at a time, and I want you to either tell me whether these are valid. Tell me whether these are for real or fugazi. How about that, John? An impromptu game of for real or fugazi with these. These are Wale's reasons why Lovey Smith should be retained for another year. They'll bend but don't they'll bend but don't break. The defense isn't the issue of this team. For real or fugazi.
2: That's for real. It's not the issue with the team. The issue is one of the worst the worst offense in the history of the Texans.
1: If Lubby gets fired, it makes no sense to hire another defensive coach like D'Amico Ryans. For real or Fugazi.
2: Well, for, why would you why does that make no sense? That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. John You don't have to go to offense from defense. If you like a defensive coach two times in a row or three times in a row, John, hire the guy.
1: John, we're playing for real or Fugazi. Tell me what it is.
2: And he said keep him. I said No I he,
1: no, no no. He said if Lovey gets fired, it makes no sense to hire another defensive coach. That's but, Fugazi. Okay, Fugazi, gotcha. Um, based on what we've heard, Lovey and Casario work well together.
2: They do. They work yeah. really well together. That's, that's for true. real. For real.
1: Okay. okay, that's for real. Again, we're listing this is Wale in Virginia. These are reasons why Lovey Smith should be retained. With a better OC, Mills would have progressed or stayed the same, better, which would mean better overall performance from the team.
2: For real. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um, and yet these are all the three of the four are for real. And yet I feel like we're arriving at a spot where Lovey should be hired. There are many options out there, such as Frank Wright. Frank Reich and other offensive coaches that got fired.
2: For real, that's true. They did. Does any of this move you to
1: keep Lovey Smith, John?
2: Uh no. Yeah,
1: I don't think so either. Sorry, Wally. Um, that's uh that, I can that's...
2: see hiring Frank Reich as an offensive coordinator. Yeah. If you got D'Amico Ryans or if you did other guys, you know, Shane Striken from the Eagles is a coordinator who actually calls the plays. Most of them don't if they work for an offensive uh, head coach, but no, I think the guy I would keep is Frank Ross, the special yeah. teams coach. Because I was looking at a website yesterday; and he had them with third best special teams in the NFL.
1: This is a uh, this isn't a mailbag question, John. But as long as we're talking about coaches, I just want to bounce this off you because I bounced it off a of Seth today. Um, I think mean, Cliff Kingsbury is getting fired at the end of the year. I don't feel like that's a bold prediction, really at all. They're they're going to wind up being one of the top three or four teams in the draft. Um, where do you think Cliff Kingsbury's next job is?
2: I think he'll be an offensive coordinator, maybe in college, like he was going like he'd been hired to do at USC before Arizona reached out to him. Um, he's got a body of work as a play caller in the NFL. He called the plays for three years. Now, it's not his fault. They're having to play four quarterbacks this year because of injuries, and they've lost a lot of close games. So it wouldn't surprise me if somebody wasn't interested in him and being an offensive coordinator if they wanted to play his style of system. Like I they had a smaller quarterback who threw on the run.
1: Well, yeah, there might be a team like that in the NFL next year. Might in this be. town. Well, there's um, going
2: to be whether he's here or not. That's and, true. Uh, I would, I would definitely be interested in Kingsbury, who's coached a lot of those quarterbacks, done a good job, and 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 most of them now. Mahomes is six two, but Mayfield's six foot, and he so he's and of course. Kyler Murray's 5'10", so he knows how to coach a smaller quarterback who throws on the run, throws in the pocket, slides left, slides right. It's imperative that they get a coach with experience of coaching and calling plays for a quarterback like that.
1: I think the Aggies should back up the Brinks truck to make him their offensive coordinator. That's my –
2: wouldn't that be a good one? That's a great idea.
1: Yep, I think that's what I think. That's, that was my suggestion to Seth on the show today, and I bounced it off of Lopez, our resident Aggie, and he loved the idea. So
2: I think that's a great idea.
1: Yep, yep. Um, all right, John, uh, last couple here. These are just quickies. Uh, Enrique asked, can we get an annual Utopia mock draft episode? I, you and I will wind up doing something mock draft-ish, I'm sure, between now and April. Enrique, I'm going to say yes. I don't know what the format's going to be. And um and I don't know if we involve other podcasts or whatever but I John I people love the mock drafts Sean they just love the mock they, drafts
2: That's why I'm going to be doing them on Gallery Sports every week. Yep. Uh I want to start next week after the Texans are done. I may wait till after the Super Bowl I'm going to the combine so I'm fired up about doing mock drafts which I've done for almost 50 years. What did
1: you think of CJ Stroud in the uh, in the uh, uh, Peach Bowl against Georgia? He looked great.
2: Yeah. He had not he had not played a great game from start to finish against a great team that I can remember. Now, what Bryce Young did against Kansas State, he'd been doing for two years. But Stroud had been kind of streaky, and he was tremendous against the best team in the country, loaded with NFL prospects. And if anybody was thinking that Bryce Young was way ahead of Stroud, they probably had to pump the brakes and say, Whoa, we got to consider this guy. And we don't know. Maybe Nick Casario ends up liking Will Levis. Maybe he decides he's going to stick with uh, 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 Davis Mills. Maybe he wants to sign Jimmy Garoppolo. He was really close at New England with uh, Jared Stidham because when he was drafted up there and he was the third quarterback, Casario in camp and practice worked with him a lot. And I was told they were close. And that's why I thought Stidham would end up here and based on that game that he had against San Francisco, the best defense in the league, he may have multiple options about where he wants to go, but I still hope he uses his first pick, hopefully first overall, on the quarterback he wants and then develop him.
1: Yeah, well, we know, this we know, if they like Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, if they like them both, they're guaranteed to wind up with one of them. If they like them, I say like them, like them enough to take them, at or near the top of the draft. You know, they like him high in the draft. He might like C.J. Stroud, but say, you know what, I like him, but we'll wait and see if he's sitting there when, when my Cleveland pick rolls around at 10 or whatever it winds yeah. up being.
2: Yeah, he'll be long gone.
1: He'll be gone. He'll be gone by a lot of quarterback-needy teams uh, in this year's draft.
2: There sure are, unfortunately. There's Will Anderson, Jr., there's Jalen Carter, and then there's the quarterbacks.
1: That's right. That's right. Well, the Texans will get one of them, that's for sure, unless they decide to – unless they decide to to move back in the draft. Uh, John last one on our way out, Dave Howard. I heard it said that Sam Ellinger may start for the Colts this Sunday as an XUT or as a UTX. It gives me someone to root for so I don't have to actively root against the Texans and root for them to lose, which is painful. So yeah, you horns out there can rationalize rooting against the Texans as just rooting for Sam Ellinger who is going to start by the way for the Colts, right John?
2: I'm rooting for Sam Ellinger, and uh, I think the fact that he's starting over Foles and Ryan, he's going to want to play well. His future's at stake. He's got all of his fans like Dave, uh, all the Longhorns watching him. So Texas is going to get the best of what Sam Ellinger has. He's been very inconsistent. You know, it'd be just like the Texas to screw up his top pick. But after the effort they put out against Jacksonville, I f- feel pretty comfortable they'll blow this one and get the top pick, like everybody wants.
1: I do too. We'll talk more about this tomorrow, John, when we actually preview the game. I think someone's got to preview this game, I suppose. What a nightmare! Um, it's literally, I think, it's the two worst teams in football right now. Um, but I, ju- I was looking at the Colts roster just because I started doing some digging here for for this week. And you look at their roster, you look at who played for them in the game. I mean, they got routed by the Giants, obviously. But you look at, like, of the, like, six best players playing in this game on Sunday, like, five of them are Colts. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, they've still got guys who, uh, you know, that'd be interesting to look at. Like, how many Texans would start for the Colts and how many Colts would start for the Texans, that kind of thing. Because they've still got guys on the team, most of them in the trenches, both on defense and offense, um, but they got Michael Pittman, you know, catching the football as, as a wide receiver. Um, you know, they've, they've still got a few players there. I, it'll be interesting. I, I wonder, you know, do, I think it's just going to come down to probably motivation. Like who's the more motivated team to win this game, I guess. It's
2: the Texans advantage it's to the Texans advantage that Jonathan Taylor's not playing. Cause he's killed them. Yes. Last three times he's played against them both games last year and the first one this year. And uh, the Colts, are better than the Texans of the of the six key statistics. The Colts are better than them in five. The Colts have a better offense. They have a better running game, and they have a better passing game. They have a better defense. They have be- they're better against the run, but the Texans have the best pass defense. Yeah.
1: I think Sam Ellinger gives the Colts a better chance to win than Nick Foles. Nick Foles getting too. hurt was the best thing that could have happened if you're a Texan fan wanting to get the number one pick.
2: Yes, I agree.
1: Which is wild to say. All right, John, what do you got going on on the various platforms that you're part of out there?
2: Some of the things we just covered in my observations for Sports Radio 610 about as bad as the Colts are, the Texans are worse. And if Texas put out the same amount of effort against the Colts as they did against the Jaguars, the number one pick is secure. And the column I'm writing for Wednesday on Gallery Sports is my awards from MVP, coach, Ooh. executive, offense, defense, offensive player, defensive player.
1: Ooh, okay. I can't wait. When is that one coming out? That'll be out on Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay, cool. That's tomorrow. So we can, we can talk about that one tomorrow on the pod. Good. Uh, a little for real or Fugazi. Uh, I'll, I'll give you mine and you can say, I'll give you my awards and you can say if they're for real or Fugazi. And then you can, uh, t- you can tell me if, uh, Tell me who yours are.
2: Do it. I think that uh that we will be picking almost all of them the same.
0: We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. That'll be fun. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.
1: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new
2: iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? Here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with
0: eligible trade-in when you switch